Welcome to the Optimal Body Podcast. I'm Doc Jen. And I'm Dr. Dom. And we are doctors of physical therapy, bringing you the body tips and PT pearls to help you begin to understand your body, relieve your pains and restrictions, and answer your questions. Along with expert guests, our goal of the Optimal Body Podcast is to help you discover what optimal means within your own body. Let's dive in. Super excited to welcome our next guest, Marcus Martinez, to the podcast. He's a good friend of both Jen and mine and is kind of the kettlebell poster boy. You can find him at Kettlebell Exercises on Instagram, and he's the master kettlebell coach for Kettlebell Kings and Living.Fit. He's just developed and run kettlebell certification programs through Living.Fit, as well as created countless other programs that have helped people all over the world. He has done everything in the health and fitness industry from be a personal trainer to a class instructor. He's owned his own gym, presented at workshops. He has done it all. He was also the former master kettlebell coach for Ana Academy and started Embody Strength Kettlebell Gym in Orange County. His passions, of course, though, include his family, all things strength and health, and of course, comedy. The guy's just hilarious. Stay tuned to the end. He gives so many just functional tips for your body and how to better use kettlebells, but how to just better approach movement in general. Stay tuned. All right. Now, before we dive in with Marcus, just one more time, I got to bring up Vivo Barefoot Shoes. Marcus uses them. I use them. Jen uses them. They're just shoes that help you optimize your movement throughout your body. Yes, they could feel a little funky right when you start wearing them. Trust me, when I started wearing them, my feet were not used to the barefoot style of living. I was used to using old basketball shoes, football cleats, baseball cleats my whole life that just tightened up my foot and gave it so much less ability to understand what was happening around it. Like these Vivo shoes, they're flat, they're thin, they're flexible, they are wide, they let our feet do what they were built to do. So it's time for you to afford yourself that benefit and head over to Vivo Barefoot. We have the link in the show notes. And we say all the time, you have 100 days. They give a 100-day trial period where you can send those shoes back, no questions asked, just so you get a chance to try them out and see how your body responds. And I promise you, if you do it correctly, they will give you so much benefit in your movement and just the way your body feels. Also, during this holiday season, it's just great to support a company like Vivo because they are focused on the environment. They're focused on what they do, the products they used, and also the companies they work with. Top to bottom, they're making sure that they're doing good things for our world while they do good things for our feet. We've had a code change. So make sure you use code TOB so that you get 15% off. That is TOB like the Optimal Body Podcast. All right. So excited to have Marcus here. Um, We go back. Way back. Like... 2011, 10, yeah, it was my gosh, back in the back in the day at the the old calisthenics gym. Yeah, this is when I, for those of you, I think most people know, I competed in calisthenics. Which one, which one did you do? The first one for the first female competition oh. with me and Elisa. Yeah, yeah, pretty crazy, but yeah. Anyways, Marcus, kettlebell king. <laughs> kettlebell poster boy. Kind of kettlebell that, right? poster boy. I really do want to get a t-shirt with that made after Dom said that. Uh, kettlebell poster boy. Just said it randomly. And it's like that. I like that. It'll catch on. <laughs> uh, but really, initially, like, especially just going back that far, you've been in this space in fitness and health and wellness for so long now. Yes. How many years? I started, actually, I got my first personal training license in 2001. 
and I initially started uh, the kinesiology route. And so uh, halfway through that, I was like, okay, I love this stuff. I'm going to continue learning this stuff. I want to learn business. I want to learn how to open a business. I want to open mm. up a gym. I was that dumb young trainer that was like, <laughs> I'm going to open a gym and have them in. I love working out. I'm, I can't wait to have a gym and make millions of dollars. So that was me. Uh, so I switched gears to finance and then continued with the education, the courses to, you know, be able to offer something from a fitness standpoint, but also have the backing from a, you know, financial business standpoint. So when I finally jumped into fitness fully, it was actually after a kettlebell certification. Mm. And that was, you know, for the previous seven, eight years, it was just kind of general fitness stuff. But then that kettlebell certification, it was through RKC and it was, it, literally changed my life changed wow. the way i saw fitness i loved everything about the kettlebell i was that kettlebell nut for a long time which arguably i still am but at that time it was like oh my gosh there's so much you could do with this and i want to go all in so my gym was a kettlebell gym i went i mean you saw it yep, was i remember lines that. of kettlebells very cheap to open a gym that way too so that was smart <laughs> well and at the time too i remember like kettlebells wasn't that popular no not at all and so I, I remember mean, coming in and seeing it all and being like, oh, this is interesting, <laughs> but didn't really care. <laughs> uh, no, nobody knew what they were. They At that time, CrossFit started to kind of appear because I opened my gym in 2008 and CrossFit got popular in 2009 when the CrossFit Games came out, but it was or just around that time. But that was the only experience people really had with kettlebells. So they would see my gym and it was an open warehouse full of kettlebells and a few, you know, random pieces of equipment. So they kind of assumed it was a CrossFit. Yeah. What would you say it was about that initial kettlebell class that, that changed it? Cause you'd been in fitness for so long, but then it was that one class that made you want to dive in full time. Like you had done the gym, you had, I'm sure you'd done a crap ton of other courses, but like, oh, what yeah. was it that time? Honestly, I mean, even before that, just the first time I picked up a kettlebell and I picked up this 50 pound kettlebell thinking like, oh, it's no problem. I pick up 50 pound dumbbells, no issue. And it was such a unique experience just from the, the unique anatomy of the kettlebell, the structural differences compared to a dumbbell or a barbell. I was like, okay, this is interesting. And all my training had been around getting more explosive, more rotationally powerful because I played baseball growing up. I played tennis. I was never about, you know, bodybuilding or trying to be the biggest or strongest. It was just, how can I get better for my sports? And I loved the ability to incorporate explosive, powerful, rotational workouts, exercises that were accessible. Like I could take a kettlebell and I can, you know, do it in my living room. I could do it in my mm -hmm. park. I didn't really love going to a conventional gym. So I loved the portability of it. And then, you know, that was the first, I mean, I dropped like almost three grand for that first cert. And I look back now, I'm like, it was a three-day kettlebell cert and I spent that much money on this thing. So I was so bought in. And then going through that course, it was like, this thing is so awesome. I love the way I felt after the workouts. I love the way I felt after the course. I love the, uh, you know, the, the nuances of kettlebell training. You know, it wasn't just pick it up, curl it, press it. It was, there was so much more to it. Wow. That, I mean... And I think that's what is so appealing to look at this thing, especially nowadays, social media, and everyone can pick up any piece of fancy equipment that looks interesting and start doing it. The thing about a kettlebell, though, is it's so unique in terms of how you get to use it. Oh, yeah. And it's one, I mean, what are the most common things that you see going on? social uh, media are we, are we talking positive <laughs> or negative are we are we ish talking or are we being constructive 
A little oh. bit of both? Uh-huh. Right? Wherever you want to start. <laughs> Wherever you want to start. Honestly, I, I love the fact that people are using kettlebells. Yeah. Like it was, I mean, I, for so long, people would walk in with, they would initially just be like, what the hell is that thing? And then it was, oh yeah, yeah, cannonballs or uh, <laughs> kettlebells or kettlebells. That was my favorite. Kettlebells. <laughs> I love when people are like, oh, I love kettlebells. And they were full dead serious. Oh, I love kettlebells. Those are my favorite. I love, you know doing like the different movements with them and like they're trying to have a full conversation and they totally didn't even realize the name of it uh but from the from the midwest and those are no cattle balls let me tell you you. uh so i on the positive side i love seeing people start to utilize them i love seeing like physique competitors and people who would typically be doing more traditional style workouts doing kettlebell swings and snatches and utilizing them in their at least in their conditioning days uh, what I don't like is people who have not mastered even like the basic level techniques, not even understanding the difference between a squat and a hinge and trying to incorporate these kettlebell workouts because it's popular now. Mm. So that's that's where I'm like, Ugh. like people who have all the ability to, or all the resources possible and they still can't even swing a kettlebell properly. And then they're doing like flows or, you know, some random thing. So. That's where I start to get a little bit like, come on, guys, let's just let's learn the basics first. Then we can start playing around with it. Well, what are some of the common like mistakes that you see? <sighs> I mean, I know I can name some <laughs> that I used to do and still kind of struggle with. But yeah, I was going to say, I saw a video of you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the first basic mistake is going to be that you would see a kettlebell. You think, OK, I'm going to swing it. And again, not understanding squat hinge, not understanding how to maintain uh, that spinal connection where they're you know getting the full flexion as they're swinging the bells, that they're using their shoulders, they're not using their hips, they're not using you know uh, a strong uh, hip hinge, they're not using their posterior, they're not using any of that stuff, they're just kind of picking up the bell. Mm. So then they're like, oh, kettlebells made my back hurt. And it's like, well, didn't do this properly. Mm. So understanding how to hinge properly, which 99% of the people outside of the fitness world don't know how to do so first get them to do that uh and then understanding just how to maintain that intra-abdominal tension while moving quickly i mean you know it's either hold your breath or stay so you're, you're staying so rigid that you can't really move and then you try to be explosive on that you're going to break something's going to break at some point interesting so i mean it kind of sounds like a lot of different types of exercise a lot of people will see the end result and they'll see the really fancy cool looking moves where exercise in itself you're just changing variables and the one variable that always maintains the same is the human body mm-hmm. like the human body is a part of it what is it inherently about the kettlebell and movements that you feel like pairs well with the movement body versus other types of weightlifting like barbell I always think of kettlebell training. I mean, you can definitely treat it like a traditional tool and do all the basic movement patterns, but I like to think of kettlebell training as kind of filling in the gaps. Mm-hmm. So if it's, I'm going to create a movement pattern based plan, you know, horizontal push, pull, vertical push, pull, you know, carry lo- uh, locomotion, all that. But then with kettlebells, you can start to integrate different combinations. You can integrate different positions, different patterns. You can do rotational work. You can be explosive. Uh, you can add in like a fun variety, a dynamic variety, a, a spatial awareness coordination variety with, you know, hand to hand movements or flips uh, just with that unique anatomy of the bell. It lends itself to seamlessly flowing, moving between positions. So for complexes, for conditioning purposes, for circuits, I mean, it's phenomenal compared to a dumbbell where you're going to do maybe some dumbbell snatches, but you're not really going to transition well into a rotational clean into uh, you know, Cossack squat. So that's where it just makes it so much easier to link 
pieces together. So from a physical standpoint, it's incredibly challenging. From a neurological standpoint, it just fires everything because you're moving in so many different planes. You have to understand that marriage of tension and fluidity. So again, for athletic endeavors, for carryover, there's so much to it. Well, I mean, I think my favorite thing about the kettlebell that I use it for, particularly like not even going super heavy. Obviously, I love swings and I love different things. But what I have found is needed and necessary for my body is the imbalances from side to side. Yes. And so what I like about a kettlebell that's different from a dumbbell, I can press you know, whatever, a a dumbbell on one arm and then go to the other arm and do it just fine. But if I get a kettlebell and put it bottoms up, meaning the the butt of the kettlebell (laughs) is facing up (laughs) and you're holding onto the handle and I try my right arm, totally fine. Left arm, I'm wobbly all over the place. So like my proprioception is is thrown off. Like I have no awareness of it. I don't have that stability through the ribcage, shoulder blade and then up. And so being able to get to that level of understanding and discovery in my body is what a kettlebell has really opened up for me. Same thing. It, it creates such an internal awareness of every stabilizer, every muscle that you don't realize. You, you know, People think of their shoulder and they think of their anterior delts. They don't think about all the scapular connection, their lats, they don't think about everything else. That's why bottoms up is like one of my favorite ways to train with the kettlebell. Bottoms up walks, bottoms up cleans, bottoms up snatch, all that stuff. Uh, And then on top of all that, I mean, very few tools build your grip the way that a kettlebell Mm. does because you're moving Mm. a bell, you're moving this weight ballistically, it's rotating through your hand, you're doing all kinds of things where you're incorporating a lot of tension. You're building an incredible, incredibly strong grip that will carry over into everything. And I haven't seen that, uh, you know, in other tools, unless someone's just like a power lifter or a bodybuilder and accumulating a ton of volume. Like I haven't seen that in like a traditional or in, in like a basic type of training setting. Yeah. So with kettlebells and you kind of mentioned like the, the consistency or, or doing it for a long time, it's a skill that builds on itself. Like you are the master kettlebell poster boy, of course. <laughs> um, and so, but you've been doing it for years and years and years. And this is where one of my questions is, where do you think the value is in kind of dedicating to one skill, one style of practice in say kettlebell specifically, or like you mentioned, different weightliftings or powerlifting, stuff like that versus learning a lot of different things, you know, and being a variable mover because people get kind of siloed away in certain camps and they're like, oh, I just train kettlebells and that's all I do. Or, oh, I just do yoga and that's all I do. Um, do you think it's important to focus on one skill or to, for people to explore a lot of different things? Uh, that's such a good question because, I mean, social media does a good job of uh, compartmentalizing you into a thing. Like yeah. on kettlebell exercises, <laughs> working with kettlebell kings, it's like, oh, you're the kettlebell guy. You're the kettlebell poster, bo- po- poster boy. <laughs> and uh, I think it's so important to not just be a jack of all trades because I truly think if you're a jack of all trades, you, are, you really are a master of none. Like you... You might have some carryover into some things. It's more about the stimulus than it is about actually getting better at a thing. With that said, I think that you should be pretty well-rounded that you can incorporate every tool. You should at least have the mastery of like the basics of you know, uh, the barbell, the basics of the dumbbell, the basics with your body weight. I mean, that should be first and foremost. Uh, and then that way you can kind of pick and choose. And then there's a level of enjoyment that we don't think about with training. We think of like, oh, what's optimal? What's the best thing you should do? But really it's like, what do you actually enjoy doing? If you love kettlebells, 
who the hell cares if it's not the most optimal way to build strength? You enjoy it. You're going to be consistent with it. That's what you do. And then you can kind of partition in some different things that you enjoy. But enjoyment is so much, it's so underrated in the training world. People are so focused on like, this is the best way. <sighs> F your best way. If I'm going to do it for two weeks and not stick with it, then I don't care. Then it's not the best way for you. It's not the best way for and you. And if it's not something that you enjoy, then it's not the best way for you. Yeah, <laughs> and exactly. So I, I really like that. It, it does have to have an enjoyment factor, but I appreciate it because I think in my movement journey, I'm in a place where I just like trying new things and I don't have my one, like, this is what I really am committing myself to doing right now. And I've always wondered that, like, what prevents me from just going to the next novel thing? Cause it's fun for me, you know, but I think that commitment to becoming, you know, a master of a trade is very important because that the movement patterns stay the same. The implements change. So now, because you're so good with kettlebells, I'm sure that you can jump in on different types of exercise and different types of workouts. And you're like, oh, this is very similar to something else I do. Totally. I've seen such carryover into certain things. Obviously, not everything. But I've seen such carryover from my kettlebell training that makes me think, okay, cool. This is why I enjoy doing this. This is why I want to continue uh, getting better at this. You know, even if it's something like, and then just from the enjoyment standpoint, being able to flow, being able to juggle, being able to do different things with the kettlebells that would be considered novel or gimmicky, but they give me so much value from a physical and mental standpoint that it keeps me kind of going with it. And what do you feel like is your purpose in even wanting to put this out into the world and continue in with this path? And what is your true enjoyment? I mean, I feel like that is... That is what I love to hear from people, first of all, because it's like, fills me up, but I want to hear what <laughs> fills you up. Uh, from a kettlebell standpoint, I wanted to show what was possible. I wanted to show what you can do with this thing, that it doesn't have to be relegated to the same six movements that you would see online. And like, this thing should be fun. Like you should, there should be a fun aspect to it. Ultimately, like I like to have fun. I want to enjoy my time training. I want to enjoy my time working with people. I want to enjoy my time teaching workshops regardless of where I am in the world, like I want to have a damn good time. And when I opened my gym, I had this, just like we were talking about earlier, I had this on my wall where my goal was to inspire, educate, and entertain mm -hmm. because I saw so much fantastic educational information and material that was boring as all you know what. So <laughs> I could get, and it was some of the best, these were some of the most amazing coaches and I couldn't listen to them for more than like 20 minutes at a time because it was so boring. Mm -hmm. Or you get fantastically inspirational people, but then there's no substance. So I was like, okay, I really want to make an effort to inspire people to do more, to be better, regardless of whether it's with the kettlebell, whether it's with their business, their family, educate them in terms of moving better, being stronger, how to get more from their training, and then entertain them because it's, this should be fun. This should be enjoyable. People take this stuff way too seriously. Yeah. And I think that's what gets like lost in the fitness industry and everything. Cause then it's like, well, I should be doing this. I should be doing that. I need to be in, you know, and it, it gets super overwhelming. Totally. You know, and, and I get that. I mean, especially coming from where, where we come from as physical therapists, it's like all the things I should be doing. And oh no, I don't tell my therapist because I haven't been doing them. <laughs> and there's a level of that that needs to be there. You know, it can't just all be fun and games. It can't just all be flow. There has to be some structure. There has to be some, obviously some science behind it. But at the end of the day, you're going to get so much further enjoying what you do than you ever will if you take yourself so seriously. In the fitness industry, it is just runs rampant with ego and mm -hmm. everybody is takes themselves so seriously. And if they only knew how insignificant 
that is and it doesn't do any good and for your little base that you have even if it's a big base it's not going to do them any good so i know especially where we're at right now and you know quarantine going on or the the virus everywhere people are struggling to find ways to move especially with families <laughs> and like i know that you have kids yes uh, doing what you do like how do you motivate your kids to stay active in a world where they can so easily just sit That's on their butts one. all day long and does being the kettlebell poster boy help? I'm going to keep throwing that term in there so we can, <laughs> we can get it to stick by the end of this episode. <laughs> That's right. If, they, if people could see my face right now and they would understand <laughs> the, the mental and emotional strife that is having kids in the era of screens and how like I can't even explain rest to you how even the most like active kid like you put them in front of a screen and it's like it, i mean yeah it, it's insane how addicting it is so for me personally i want to lead by example my kids they like we we jokingly during dinner sometimes we'll like do impressions of each other mm. and their impressions of me is always doing something like exercising like oh i've got a kettlebell and i'm swinging who am i like oh yeah you're the dog obviously okay <laughs> but so leading by example, the garage is literally an entire gym, flooring, kettlebells, like they see me going in there all the time. Uh, you know, I've got a little regiment for my son that we do every day now. So that way he starts to move better and not to instill in him like you need to exercise because you need to be in shape and you need to be strong. No, it's just, this is how you feel better. This is, you know, this is a, our body is a gift and to be able to move it as best we can. And I'll point out and not from a superior or you know judgy standpoint but i'll point out people you know in their 80s or 90s who are moving so terrible maybe not even that old they're moving so poorly and you know it's from the accumulation of just bad habits and not moving their bodies and i will tell my son i'll tell my daughter be like look i'm not saying this because we want to make fun of this person by any means but we want to look at this as this is your future if you don't move this mm-hmm. is what happens when you don't take care of your body so again just to and still like a little bit of fear. A little bit of fear is okay. <laughs> I, can't, I can't say that I'm just like, you know, there's no fear. There has to be some. It's like uh, when you tell them their teeth are going to fall out when they eat candy. Yeah, I'm going like, to show the them good thing. teeth. I'm going to show them some like <laughs> rotten teeth. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> oh my goodness. But honestly, that is, that is everything. Leading by example. And I was so blessed and grateful to have that gift growing up. My mom would... I would remember riding my bike next to her as she'd be running. Like it was just a constant lifestyle of knowing my mom was at the gym and my mom was doing this and and we'd go on family walks and it was just a lifestyle. It wasn't anything that had to be done. It yeah. wasn't something that was, you know, for the purpose of looking a certain way. It was it was like I my mom goes to work, my mom works out, my mom you know, it it was just a part of life. And spending time outside. I mean oh, yeah. the working out was your mom just walking on a hiking trail and I remember my mom growing up always telling me I will always feel the best when I move my body and spend time outside. Mm. And that's just I always remember her saying that. She's like, I have my streaks I get in and to make it better I just gotta get outside. I mean, I had zero. You guys were lucky. Jeez. You had parents <laughs> right. that actually like moved and did. <laughs> My did. parents are awesome and they still are awesome, but they definitely were not active in any way. And the only thing that got me moving was sports. I loved baseball. Mm-hmm. I loved when I started playing tennis. Like I was always moving. I loved when I was like really young. I wanted to start working out, but my mom was anti-weights because she had read somewhere that it's going to stunt your growth. 
So that was like, there was, you couldn't get dumbbells. Finally, when I was like 11 or 12, she got me a pair of three pound green dumbbells. But up until that point, I would be watching like kickboxer with Jean-Claude Van Damme and doing like kickboxing moves on the bed. I was like, I was always moving. I just loved it. And then being outside, just you felt like you said, you felt better. Yeah. And trying to get my kids to do that sometimes is more challenging and Sometimes they come outside and you can just see the difference in them. You can feel the difference in them. As soon as they come back in, they want to do screens and it has to be like, no, we're not going to do that. And how old are they? Uh, 11, 9, and 7. And you said you do a routine. Routine with, with my son. Cause I wanna, and how old is he? He's 11. Okay. So I'm, I'm doing a specific routine with him because he said he wants to be faster. He wants to be the fastest kid in class. And right now he would be literally the opposite of that. So I was like, okay, we got some, we got some room for some growth. And then he's already the strongest kid, but I'm just getting him better understanding of his own capabilities and his own, you know, movement patterns. So that way he understands how to do it and do it well and not learn by error like I did. Uh, And so with my daughters, they just come out and they're like, dad, I want to swim kettlebell. I'm like, let's do it. So I have them moving and they just kind of want to copy. So they're just kind of, they'll just come and move. Yeah. And the 11 year old isn't resistant to it. Like he's very resistant. Okay. Very resistant at first. And he's the type, like, I would have killed, killed to have a dad who would exercise with me and work out with me. So in my dumb mind, I'm like, well, obviously my kid's going to love this and it'll be yeah. great. <laughs> and then I realized, oh, wait, he's. He's my dad. Like, it skipped a generation because he just wants <laughs> to sit and draw and watch TV. I'm like, that's what my dad did. So, it was a struggle at first. And it still can be because he just naturally doesn't like to move. He doesn't want to do things. So, as we've started doing it, he's gotten into the habit of it. He finally accepted that it was, a, it was, a, it was happening. Then it turned into, you know, the next stage where it was like, okay, now I'm actually going to, I'm actually enjoying this. I feel, I feel kind of good. And then I, and I just keep kind of instilling in him these affirmations, these visions like, hey, think about what's going to be like when you get to school and you're the fastest kid out there. Mm. There's this little punk kid, Eli. You're going to beat this kid. Like that's the next time. Like imagine beating him. Imagine like you, everybody's watching you and I get him all riled up and he's like, all right, he gets all excited and we start like, we start jogging. And whereas oh, before he was cool. like, I don't want to do this, dad. So trying to get that mindset right and again, do it for the right purposes, not just to beat Eli, but also because, <laughs> you know, there is this like, you want to do this for you. You want to feel good. Like you feel, like you said, you feel better when you're outside. You feel better when you move your body. Let's do that now. So I'm kind of concerned here because <laughs> a minute ago you <laughs> talked about um, lifting weights, stunting your growth. And I think we need to spell that for everybody. Does lifting <laughs> weights actually stunt our growth? I should have been seven foot five. I actually, like, <laughs> so really, it did, really did a, did totally, a number between on you. that and coffee, I just, you know. Oh, wow. We should have listened to those. <laughs> I love that. Even with the science that proves that that's not true. And my mom still is like, <laughs> well, are you having him lift weights? Like, what are you doing with? I'm like, mom. <laughs> yeah. Still. Not, I'm, come on, mom. Like, yeah, my mom. That's so funny. if someone's out there and is wanting to like, okay, he's talking about these kettlebells and I've never done this before or I've seen it and never moved with it. Where would you recommend somebody start so they don't be one of those people who goes in and tries doing hand switch cleans and <laughs> kills themselves? I mean, they can do that. Just don't tag me. <laughs> uh, if you, if you want to go a fully free route on uh, living.fit is the site where I have all my content. And that is like the first level on there is free. So you get like the basics, the FAQs on kettlebell training, the benefits of kettlebell training. They got some sample workouts on there. 
ton of good stuff that is all free. So that way you can say, okay, this is for me or no, nah, this is silly. So then if you're like one of those people that this is silly, okay, go to Instagram, go to my page, kettlebell exercises, and then you can watch the, and I literally post every day workouts, different aspects mm-hmm. of kettlebell training, how you can incorporate it into your current training. Cause I don't want to sit here and be like, oh, this is the be all end all of training. No, this is something that you can incorporate into what you currently do, reap the benefits of it, and then also do other things, like supplement what you're doing. So that way, like you were saying, you can try different things, get good at a lot of different things. Um, So then that would be another way that you can find my info. And you do a lot of, like you do lives, you actually teach, like, and you guys, Marcus is the person to learn from. You are the person who's really gotten me to understand how to even clean with a kettlebell, how to get it to not dump onto my Don't, forearm. Yeah. <laughs> I think that is something that I see online all the time of just yeah. these kettlebells Ugh. whapping people in the forearms. And you guys, it doesn't need to be like that. No, you don't need to. <laughs> You don't need to hurt yourself. You don't need to post your bloody hands because you ripped up your hands doing a bunch of kettlebell cleans and snatches. I mean, I started, I did my first kettlebell workshop in 2009 and then I went to Argentina, did a workshop in 2011. And then from there it was just, I want to travel the world at that time. Now I have kids and now I don't want to do that anymore, but I want to get people to move better with this tool, to understand how to incorporate this tool. So I've gone through multiple iterations of a workshop of a certification so that way people can learn how to use them as a fitness enthusiast and then how to use them to train to allow them. Because I saw in my kettlebell gym what happened when people were, you know, when you'd have this uh, female trainee who was swinging a 106-pound kettlebell or the first time she got a 70-pound kettlebell overhead, the first time she was able to do a pull-up because all she'd been doing was kettlebell work. I mean, that was like, talk about sparking joy. Like, that was like everything when i was training in my gym wow that's really incredible i can't even imagine some of those things right now <laughs> that's yeah that's beyond but honestly and it's and it it does carry over to life and i think that's what people get to hear as well especially because what i love about kettlebells i mean yeah you can use two at a time which totally. is great because there is going to be it's going to throw off that body a little bit but a lot of times you can use one, you could do carries. I mean, think about just going to the grocery store and picking something up or putting something overhead. Like there's so much within our body that's not just our shoulder complex, but it runs throughout our, from our feet to our hips, to our core, and then out right. through our shoulder blades and shoulders that when we actually start to utilize this kettlebell thing. <laughs> that's why I love, like I was saying earlier, it allows you to seamlessly move from position to position. So going from the ground to rotational clean yeah. to a Cossack squat into a curtsy lunge into a rotational press into a half get up mm. into a windmill. You're putting yourself through all these different positions that most people never program in, never train, never get strong at. So then surprise, surprise, when you hurt yourself, when you get into that position outside of the gym, outside of a you know traditional workout. So that's where this just makes you so injury resistant so quickly. Because it gets you hypersensitive, hyper aware to how your body moves through different planes. I, I love so much what you're saying right now and how it relates to, you mentioned, you mentioned like the six main movements and like how all trainers go back to like these six main movements. And I'm like, great. There are six main movement classifications. There are millions of ways <laughs> that we do each Degrees. of those six movements. And I don't know if I've ever said it quite like that way, but how you said it helps you connect the dots. It does. It helps you put your body within those six major movements in hundreds of different variations slightly with the weight dynamically moving 
how we move in life <laughs> because it's all it's a variable world we live in and we're going to pull something at some point throughout the day but it might be slightly different than we've ever done before exactly you're, you're going to change your the rotation of your shoulder you're going to change the direction in which you're pulling the speed at which you're pulling uh you're gonna have to learn how to decelerate your own body decelerate your weight to, you know and that's what i love about kettlebells too is they teach you how to decelerate a weight through, you know across your midline which yeah. how often do we train that how often do we ballistically load the hinge you know we, we might do uh, explosive deadlift but we're not really loading the eccentric phase where the bell is coming down where we have to decelerate that weight and have it come right back up so it builds flexibility it builds strength builds power and builds just overall connection and awareness that you can't replicate doing other tools 100%. And also, what you do on your page is very different than what a lot of people think of just like traditional kettle, like a swing or a clean. Yeah. Or, you know, you are you are literally taking it into flows. You're taking it from the ground to up. You're taking cross-sectional places. So it's like, you guys need to go follow his page be, to just to even see what I'm talking about, <laughs> because I'm sure this is like, what? <laughs> but checking out his page kettlebell exercises one you made like the easiest handle ever yeah, that was a, that was the smartest <laughs> dumb person thing i've ever done i was like <laughs> i remember walking out of my gym like you know i have this site that i had put so much time and effort into and i'm like i'm just gonna start an instagram handle there's, a, there's this new thing called instagram <laughs> where uh i heard you could put 15 second videos on i'll just uh i'll throw some stuff on there and it just within like a week it was like two thousand people I'm like oh snap all right People are into this and I just wanted to show what was possible. And yeah. those are just kind of now it's become, you know, highlights of my workout where I incorporate different aspects of my workout that I use kettlebells and I'll show and I, and I want to run the gamut. I want to show here's some crazy flippy flow. Here's a 106 pound bell snatch. Here's a, you know, some crazy combination of a heavy bell. Here's a, you know, incredible workout you can use for endurance. doesn't matter what your sport is. Here's how you can incorporate this tool. So I'm trying to show show a little bit of everything. You do a great job of it. That's what I want to get more towards because I'm the type of guy who like, I'm fairly strong. I played football and stuff and did a lot of lifting in college, but I never did it well, right? And so I'm the type of guy who will pick up a kettlebell and do something like throw the kettlebell overhead and probably do so many things wrong along the way. So I've been working over the past year and a half or so and wanting to get into more of the crazy kettlebell stuff. You've mentioned a few of the places people can find you. Where can they find more information on what you do or where to get some kettlebells for themselves or anything like that? So Living.Fit's where all the info is, and that's from Kettlebell Kings. That's the all the kettlebells that I use. They have the best content, best, or, uh, best, best product out, uh, and that's where we literally have all of our information, our, our four-week programs, our uh, fundamentals, advanced course, because I have a the course that I teach in person, we have it all filmed and cataloged so that way someone can go through that course from anywhere in the world. So it's so mm. cool to see, you know, uh, you know, because we'll get the, because there, there's a test at the end, so they have to sort of, to get the certification. Um, and we'll see it, I mean, literally from all over the world. So it's so cool to see this, like, oh, I got someone from Bahrain, someone from Egypt, someone from the Netherlands, someone from Argentina, someone... So I just absolutely love that. And that's all available on living.fit. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for taking time to sit and chat with us. And I love that you, one, went from kettlebells into your family, but got real also. Like, so would be, yeah. real, <laughs> you <real>. know, <laughs> it is not as easy to get your kid to move oh, and to, no. you know, you. so I think everyone has compassion for you during this time <laughs> as well. But oh, yeah. 
just thank you for bringing that presence, for introducing this to people that I'm sure are afraid to kind of go that route, pick it up and explore it. And I hope that they, you know, search your stuff and, and check it out. Appreciate it. Appreciate you guys. And there we have it, yet another amazing guest on the Optimal Body Podcast. So now what we ask of you, if you loved any bit of that or resonated with it, go share it out, share it with a friend, share it on your social media, because you know there are more people out there that would resonate with it just the same. Also, subscribe, rate, review on your favorite podcast app so we know what you want to learn or other guests that you think we should bring on for you in the future. Keep tuning in to find your optimal body.